Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we're going through the book Agile Conversations that's been out for about a month now, and we've been enjoying chatting about it all over the internet. And we're going to do more here today because we're going to cover the chapter on why and why you shouldn't start with why. That's right. And as we're reviewing the chapter about why and the why conversation, we said really the, the theme of the chapter is uh, finding the balance that you need to have effective joint design, that you're going to jointly design your why. But there are traps along the way. Um, what kind of traps do we point out? So one of them that we point out is interests and positions. So a very common kind of mistake to make is to talk about what you believe we should do and advocate that strongly and not inquire into the other person's interests or explain your own interests, what lies behind what you're doing. I, I think we've covered that pretty well on the podcast, so I don't think we'll go into that very much, but that is, uh, there's some fun stories there about farmers and oil wells and all kinds of interesting negotiations. A lot of it comes from the book Getting to Yes, which is very much worth reading if you haven't. So we're not going to talk about that one too much. But the other one we talk about, and it really covers uh, when we, we think about it, we go back and look at the book now with, with fresh eyes, having not been in the middle of writing it for a while, is the difference between advocacy and inquiry. And if longtime listeners will know that we often talk about transparency and curiosity, we talk about balancing advocacy and inquiry, which is a phrase due to Schwartz. And what we talk about really throughout the chapter in various directions is the kind of traps you can get into. I'm not sure I can say these words, but it's uh, Scylla and Carbidus, the, the, the two, <laughs> um, the whirlpool on one side and the, the dangerous sharks or whatever it was on the other side, and you're trying to thread the needle, you're trying to go between those two. And it's easy to fall into one trap or the other. One of the traps is that you wind up inquiring too much. And we have a whole case study in the book, a, a conversational analysis, in which you, Jeffrey, actually had a conversation. And then the other person also analyzed it. And what we can see is, Jeffrey, you, you do an awful lot of inquiring. You do a lot of asking, and you think it's going great. And the poor other person feels like he's being quizzed by Perry Mason. The old uh, TV <laughs> lawyer, we're showing our age by knowing who Perry Mason is, but uh, if, if you don't think of your favorite current TV lawyer who uh, you know, kind of accuses the other person through questions, right, just fires these questions at some poor witness. So that's one of the errors that you can make. But one we don't talk too much about is doing too much advocacy, which is actually the more common of the two errors. So I thought, what, what do you think of talking a bit more about that one today, Jeffrey? Yeah, I think that sounds good. Um, I think we, we discussed the uh, too much inquiry in the book, and uh, it, which which you know I think is um, one that people might be surprised by. But I think the thing about advocacy and too much advocacy is that I think that's the more common trap. That um, especially when you're coming in to, to have a why conversation, um, this is one of the cases where we we're, we're more attached um, to our own ideas about what's right. Yeah, people don't tend to make the mistake of being too curious. That's that's not the most common mistake. It can be, but the more common mistake is um, being completely attached to your own view. That's right. And and uh, this too much advocacy, we were saying it can happen in a, in a few different ways. Um, sometimes uh, where you know, where it's actually the people who are um, maybe they've listened to us and they are thinking, "Yep, uh, I, I need to make sure everyone." Uh, has heard, and that's a, a certain type of of advocacy. But it's also the thing that we naturally fall into. And you and I actually were discussing a case about this yesterday that I think might be interesting for our readers. 
Absolutely. So uh, the situation that I find myself in is I have, and this is very common, this is not the, the only time I've encountered this. I have someone I'm coaching, and that person has been really pushing for a particular point of view. And this is a common kind of thing people come to me with. They say, well, how do I convince my team? They might even say, how do I convince my team to read Agile Conversations? Or how do I convince my team <laughs> to, to use these ideas? And my stock response to that is to say, well, the very first thing is to change your mindset and to stop thinking about convincing them. Because if you start with the position of, I'm going to convince them, you will be much less curious, and um, you will also be less transparent. You're going to be very transparent about your view and nothing else, none of your doubts, none of your concerns, and that's actually much more productive and helpful. Even if the other person is taking an advocacy stance, it's, it's much more useful for you to take a more balanced stance. That's the argument of, of the why chapter. So this person hasn't been listening to me on that point. So this person <laughs> has created a situation in which other folks in the organization are concerned that this person doesn't want to hear alternative ideas. This is kind of, if, if you go too far in the heavy advocacy direction, you wind up in this very negative situation where it's kind of self-sealing. You, you say, I want to, this result. I'm going to push for it. I'm going to tell everybody why it's a great idea. They're going to listen to me or else. And then other people say, wow, that squirrel guy, boy, he doesn't want to hear anything. He, he's, uh, I better not bring him any concerns or doubts. And therefore, you think you have consensus. You think you have agreement and that people are executing. And you hear grumbles, but you never hear them directly. And this is exactly the situation this person finds uh, themselves in. So this is a uh, not very um, safe position, and uh, although this person feels very safe in it. So the challenge I have is to come back to this person and say, uh, look, I, I, I think you, you would be benefit by looking at this situation differently, and you could hear some information that you would find valuable if you were more willing to inquire and you tone down the, the advocacy. The problem is I don't want to be a super advocate in doing that. And, and you and I did a practice conversational analysis. It was really constructive where uh, we, we tried it a couple of times. And the first time, um, the, the, uh, uh, the way we were going at helping this person be less ad, uh, advocate less was to advocate very strongly. <laughs> that didn't work out so good. I have some great reasons, you know, so we, we were doing one of the techniques we talk about in the book, which is role reversal. So we were not just role playing, but, but re reverse role playing. And, um, yeah, should we, I, do it? should we do it for listeners? Would that be, would it be good to have the illustration? Uh, sure. I'll just say, you know, my mindset coming in was, uh, I, I have some really great reasons, uh, why, you know, you should be more curious. Let me tell them about you. <laughs> tell them yes. to. Yes. And, and unfortunately, that neither models the best behavior, nor as you'll hear in this role play, uh, nor does it produce the uh, the outcome that you want. So, do you do you want to be me, and I'll be the person who uh, yeah, needs I'll, help? I'll be I'll be squirrel. And uh, right. and and what 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 should I call you? Should I call you yeah, Fred? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, how about uh, Norm? Norm. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, Norm. Do you have a minute? Uh, sure. What's up? Yeah. Um, so uh, I've been talking to people uh, in the organization, and I think there's a, a problem here that um, you really want to care about. Um, and it's that uh, there are some people who uh, they have concerns and fears about the, the project, but they've decided to not bring them to you. Oh, they're they're bringing them to me, all right, man. You know, the, I'm I'm hearing uh, kind of indirectly through the grapevine, at least, they're changing the plan. They keep going off the the plan that we've agreed. We've agreed the plan. They just need to execute the plan. 
Um, so, okay. So I'm, what I'm hearing you say is that you're, you're, uh, that, that, that people need to execute the plan. And I think the, the, the thing is though, if you have people who want to execute the plan, but they see problems, um, I think you'd still want them to bring them to you. Isn't that right? No, because they're they're problems. They're technical problems. You know, they know the kind of stuff. It's like that. It's not going to work in in operationally, and you know we can't do every bit of it. And there's some technical thing like it it uh, it doesn't work in um, on Android devices. Look, I'm not interested because they need to solve it. We've made the executive decision to follow the plan. They just need to go sort out the problems. I don't need to hear about it. What do you What do you think? I'm going to go program in in Android in uh, Java? That's not going to work. All right, I think that's. <laughs> well, we maybe we can stop the role play there. We 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 could exactly. continue it, but we we did for a while when we were practicing, and and Norm just got more and more defensive. Yeah, uh, and and I was modeling the way Norm reacts to that kind of advocacy. It it really doesn't work for Norm, and that's one reason I said you should call Norm Norm is because it's normal yeah. to <laughs> to react in that way. That's a normal human reaction to strong advocacy. And you can see it on chat shows. You can see it on political debates. You can see it um, very topically today on the on the protest line, right? Somebody's taking a position. It, uh, it's a very strongly held position. They uh, advocate it over and over again, and they kind of try to bash down the other person. The other person either continues to push back and press the person, person's back up that they're they're hearing the advocacy so strongly, or they give up. And in this case, Norm has been advocating so strongly that uh, uh, people have given up. And you, as me, were trying to advocate to Norm, who, who has the opposite reaction, who says, uh, no, <laughs> get out of here. I have my view, and uh, it's my way or the highway. And it reinforces Norm's view. Norm gets more my way or the highway the more you advocate. And this, this is interesting because it reminds me quite a lot of something from uh, David Burns in the Feeling Good podcast. I mean, he, he has... Um, this uh, podcast on uh, team therapy, and he talks through different uh, approaches for therapists to use. And he often have people write in to say, uh, thank you, Dr. Burns, your material is great. And I want to know how I can use it to help this family member. You know, I think my, my husband needs help or my daughter needs help, and I want to know how to help them. And th the first thing he says is, okay, your desire to help is part of the problem. And, and when you go and try to push help onto them, you're going to create resistance. And it's, it's very much here in the case where I was squirrel, I was trying to help Norm and I was, I was pushing my help onto Norm for something that Norm hadn't asked for help. <laughs> Doesn't see the need of help and, and sees it less and less the more you push. That's right. And so my advocacy was generating resistance in the same way that uh, Burns talks about the uh, resistance from the desire to help. So should should we try? Because we we then went back and said, gee, what went wrong in that one? And we did yes. some some reflection. Uh, another of the 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 six four R's uh, for those uh, long time listeners or those who want to look it up. Yeah. And uh, we reflected and we said we need some more inquiry in there. This, this is just making Norm more and more defensive. Yeah. So uh, we we then tried it again with more inquiry. Um, do you, do you want to role play that one, Jeffrey? Sure, I'll, I'll do that. And uh, I also mentioned that uh, what I'm going to do is going to, again, to, to relate to uh, David Burns and his approach. He says, instead, use what he calls the five secrets of communication. And in particular, uh, the inquiry there is part of it. You know, tell me tell me more about how this is for you. But we'll, mm -hmm. we'll go ahead and role play that now. Sounds uh, great. Go ahead. All right. So, so Norm, do you, do, you, do you have a minute? Sure. What's up? Okay. Well, I wanted to talk about the, the plan and some of the concerns I've, I've heard about from, uh, from people on the team. Yeah, if they quit changing it, that would help. Uh, so it's, it, that's what your your view is that uh, the problem here is that people keep trying to change the plan. 
Yeah, we agreed it. We made it very clear exactly what we were going to do, and they keep changing it into something else that isn't what we agreed. That's interesting that, that you all agreed it, and then people keep trying to change it. That seems very strange. Yeah, I agree. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I, we, we had an executive discussion, and, and I assume and I, I believe that my team is capable, and they went off and canvassed their groups, and they all came back, and they said, yeah, we can do this. This is the way to go. And I said, excellent. There we go. Let's do this. Um, I, I don't know if I did a perfect job explaining exactly why. I had to clean it up afterwards, but they basically got it. They all agreed to do it. And now every time, every time I talk to uh, people either within the teams or the executives, I hear, oh, we can't do it this way. We're going to change this. We're going to do the other way. I'm just spending all my time um, uh, playing catch up, making sure we stay on track. Uh, I'd, I'd really like to stop doing that. So, so it sounds like you're, you've been surprised because your view was that everyone had, had bought into this, had all agreed to this, and mm -hmm. now uh, everyone seems to be not bought in. That's exactly right. Um, hmm, do you have any idea why that is? Uh, I wish I did. I would sure like to know uh, how we could stop having this uh, endless um, discussion of this plan. I want to execute the plan we agreed. Um, okay, but so it sounds like that would so something you're interested in. If we could, if we could find out a way about why this is happening, and uh, and why people keep trying to change the plan rather than implement it, that's something that would, you would find valuable. I absolutely would. All right, let's go ahead and, and stop there. Stop the role play, but of course, at that point, we start. Talk, I would start talking, and and this is what I was looking for. I was looking for Jeffrey to help me as my role play partner in finding a way to get uh, uh, to a position where Norm would be open to some discussion, and and then I know what to do from there. And the listeners will may may know the sorts of things that uh, we'd start discussing, and that they're in the chapter about uh, using joint design, adding your own egg to um, participate in the discussion and and create internal commitment. At that point. I'm in a position, uh, Jeffrey has skillfully gotten us to, um, to a position where Norm is saying, yes, I would like some help. And you notice the contrast from the first one where Norm was like, I don't want anything. Just stop. And again, more and more defensive, more and more um, uh, disturbed about it. Norm is saying, I, now I, I'd like to do something about it. And that's an opportunity to, to um, add some in, uh, advocacy while continuing to inquire. Um, well, Norm, there's actually something we could do about that. How about trying this? Here's the theory behind it. How does that match your your thinking? And that may or may not work, but um, the, the, the sticking point I was at was uh, I, I couldn't get myself past Norm's defensiveness. Right. And and I, and I think that in our discussion, it came, okay, the, the, actually, here's the, the problem. The, the problem is that uh, uh, I'm coming in and with the idea of advocating first, you know, it's, I, I understand the problem. <laughs> I see what, what, we, what needs to be done to fix it. Um, mm -hmm. and, the, and then how can I simply advocate for, for my position? And the change that we got to was, oh, actually, we need to understand more about how Norm sees the situation uh, before, uh, before moving ahead. And, and this is a good example of using uh, conversational analysis to look at a future conversation. I haven't had this conversation with Norm. I've had similar ones, which didn't go so well. Um, so I'm trying to do better in the future conversation I'm planning to have with Norm and practicing with Jeffrey helped me do that. It, it occurs to me, Jeffrey, that there's, there's a, a, a fun principle here, which you're always very modest about, but I'm not, um, called the Frederick mirroring principle, uh, <laughs> which says that if you're uh, seeing something that someone else is doing, like too much advocacy and um, being too strong-minded and, and not... Um, uh, being curious enough, 
the thing to do, the, the, the pre-planned action to create in yourself is changing your own action so that you do more of the thing you're suggesting the other person do. And that is paradoxically very successful at uh, creating the situation that will allow you to um, help the other person to change if that's appropriate for them. That's right. And it's be, just because these uh, cognitive biases that lead to the unproductive behavior are so ingrained, they're so natural that we're making these kind of mistakes all the time. And so it's a it's a fair principle that if you see someone else making a mistake, you're you're likely making the same mistake at the same time. It's so kind start of start by fixing your own mistake because that'll that'll help the situation probably even more than um, explaining to the other person how they could fix theirs. Yes, which which is unlikely to work. That's right. And so what we what we've done here is we've uh, in our role play we've we've shown an example of a why conversation, which is we've we've figured out a a problems uh, that we uh, can share. We each have a reason to move forward now. Uh, as opposed to the sort of um, uh, idea that most people would have of a leader providing why would be coming in and making a big sales pitch, you know, making a big rah-rah speech, you know, here's what we're going to do, here's why it's important, and really winning over the crowd. And instead, we're saying it's uh, more effective to get people on board, to have them be part of a conversation. And this is where the phrase adding your own aid comes from, have each person feel like their concerns are part of the plan for what we're going to do going, going forward. And crucially, that they're genuinely part of it. So Norm has actually been part of the dis discussion and has said, yes, I want some help. I would like this to stop. I would like to do something different. So the fact that we've um, found a, a place where Norm wants help means that we can then, um, we, we've had an invitation to, to take some steps that might help. Whereas, and Norm will be bought into, much more likely to be bought into those rather than um, uh, kind of bashing Norm into submission which is exactly what Norm, Norm is doing to everyone else. That's right. And it just is worth saying that this is, um, even though we had an idea of a, of a problem we started, what we, what we wanted to avoid would be some sort of mock joint design. So if, a, if a, you know, one of, uh, some leader uh, reads our book and they think, ah, yes, I need to you know, make sure everyone feels like they've added their own egg. I know what I'll do. I'll have everyone list their problems and then I'll bring out my solution that is I've pre-designed. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll ignore their problems, and I won't change my design in any way. I'll just um, uh, nod sagely and pretend to listen. And then when when they all shut up, I will present my plan. Do not do this. <laughs> this yeah. is this is guaranteed to fail spectacularly. Yes, and, and the, the difference here is that genuine curiosity is something that is uh, in, in, incredibly persuasive to people. They, the people really respond to it, um, and a sort of mock curiosity, a, a, a sort of dumb show, will have the opposite effect. Uh, people will be able to, uh, if, if they feel like it was all a game, then they will um, react very negatively. And in fact, I would say, even if you're genuinely curious, there is still a concern that people might uh, perceive what you're doing as a game. So it's actually, in my experience, it's important to go uh, out of your way to, to, to make it clear that you're genuine and to, uh, uh, because it, it is very easy to be uh, trapped in our in our own position and to not really be curious. There you go. Well, if listeners are interested in trying out any of these techniques, you can find us all over the place. Uh, June's a very busy month for us. If you check the events page on conversationaltransformation.com, you'll find us all over the place. You can get in touch with us there as well. Sign up for our mailing list, 
and uh, we're on Twitter and email and lots of other stuff. Conversationaltransformation.com is the place to find all of those sorts of things. You can even find me in my office hours. Uh, if you can watch my Twitter feed, you'll, you, you can even come and live, ask me some questions. And uh, of course, we're also at a couple of events toward the end of the month that'll all be on conversationaltransformation.com. You can also, of course, subscribe to us, and we're coming out every Wednesday. We have for 123 episodes, so there's uh, no end in sight. We've got plenty more material. So uh, hit the subscribe button in whatever app you use, and we'll be here with you every week talking about troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will.